This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. Yo! It is Tuesday, November 8th when I am recording this, which means you should be out voting. So hopefully if you're listening to this, you have voted. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I'm just going to tell you to vote. I think it's important. There's a lot going on. You should care about it. So have an opinion. It's all I'm asking. Have an opinion in life, everything. This is your opportunity to vote. Again, this isn't a political podcast. This isn't a political statement. Just vote. It's your civil duty. It's your right. Do it. Vote for what you believe in. I hope you believe in good things. And I'm going to leave it at that. I am your host, Mr. Adam Max. You're listening to the Pursuit Podcast, and you're listening on the Out of Collective. I have such a fun episode for you this week. Uh, But before we get into that episode, I want to talk about my wonderful, 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 fantastic sponsors. My first sponsor this week is Rumple. Blankets, towels, gear, some insane collabs. So check those out. Go to rumple.com. Here's the thing, guys. Starting, let me get this date. Starting 11-14, 25% off the entire site. So like if you were hesitating, if you were thinking about it, now is the time. From 11:14 to 11:28, 25% off rumple.com. You don't need a code. It's just 25% off. It, there is no better deal than this. You will not find it. Here's what I'm digging from Rumple. Obviously the blanket. The blanket slaps. It's so good. It's made from all those techie materials you're used to and all your your puffers, your layers. Like, I always, like, my thing is if a blanket were to buy a blanket, they would buy a rumple blanket. But the towel is so good, and they make some really cool gear. What I really love is that everywhere mat, it lives in the car, lives in the van. You pull it out, put it down. You can get changed. We're getting into mud season. We're definitely in mud season, although it's, like, 70 degrees out right now. Throw it on the ground, change your boots, throw it back in your car. It's fully waterproof. Again, rumple.com, huge sale, 25% off the entire store starting next week. If you can't wait, use code out of bounds. We'll save you a couple of bucks, but I'm telling you, there is a mega sale coming. So hold up, wait a minute, and get that sale. Second sponsor this week 686 Apparel, Jackets, Pants, Everyday Pants, Everyday T shirts. Uh, my kit this year, I will be rocking the 686 Gore-Tex Pro 3L Thermograph jacket and pant. Body mapped, polar tech, insulation in the back, perfect three-layer uh, combo for breathability, warmth, and moisture management. Super durable packaging for true resort to backcountry usage. Fits me amazing. I am 5'11", 205. I'm wearing an XL. Again, go to 686.com. Check out all they have to offer. Never worked with a brand that had more things that I wear every day. Like the pants I've had on, I've literally been wearing them for 10 days. They are my favorite pants. The new jacket and pant are phenomenal. Again, 686.com. And check them out. And my third sponsor this week. New sponsor alert. May I put something on? Oh, not that one. There it is. New sponsor alert. Our friends over at Cetus. Super excited. Your foot company. Go to us.cetus.com. 
Here's my favorite thing about their website. They have an insole finder. You click the top right of the page, find insoles specific to your foot. So obviously we can all go to all these stores and grab a footbed, but they have a full integrated thing on their website. What type of activity are you engaged in? I'm a skier, boom, okay. What do I want? Comfort, performance, pain relief. It is so intuitive, it is so good. It asks you your art type, arch type. If you don't know, you can click I don't know and it'll guide you in the correct direction. That's my favorite thing about Cetus is it's educational. Why do you need footbeds? What different footbeds offer? They have so many offerings from gel to winter, merinos, uh, full custom you can get at your ski shops. Go to Cetus find all their stuff they have so many great offerings i like i can't i'm like geeking out about footbeds s-i-d-a-s check them out cedis cedis-usa.store you can google cedis you will find it socks or socks what are we talking about here um footbeds for running biking everyday wear skiing they literally have it all and the website is so informative check them out i'm super amped to be working with these guys this year guys and gals honestly let's let's be real it takes a whole bunch of humans to make this world work let's talk about my guest this week one of my favorite skiers has a giant following 69,000 on instagram a bunch on tiktok her name is hannah melanchuk I found her just from her content. So it's a really interesting guest because she's not a pro skier. She doesn't really consider herself an influencer. She absolutely rips on skis and her content is so exciting to watch and it makes you want to go skiing. So that's my favorite thing about Hannah is her her bubbliness. I don't know if that's a term, but like her obsession with just life and living and doing everything you can to like go skiing while still making it work, having a full-time job. Uh, is she a content creator? Is she a skier? Is she just a human who loves skiing who has a great fan base? So I don't know. So it's such a fun conversation. Hannah, thank you so much for doing this episode and I hope you all enjoy it. Who are you? Like, tell me who you think you are and then we'll go from there. All right. Um, I'll give it a shot. I definitely feel like this is one of the hardest questions that a person could really be asked, honestly. Um, I, was at, I was at a wedding last weekend um, and was meeting a lot of new people and everyone asked the question and it's hard to give a good answer. Um, I would say, first and foremost, I'm a skier. Um, I think that's the label that I've stuck with the longest and hope to continue sticking with um, <laughs> indefinitely. Um I am an outdoor enthusiast. I'm a mountain biker. Um, I still consider myself an athlete. Um, and I'm just on the pursuit of enjoying my life and having a good time. Um, I also consider myself a content creator. Um, been really dabbling pretty heavily in Instagram and TikTok. Um, so that's you know something I do to occupy myself. Um, I'm actually not many people know this, but I'm a certified personal trainer. Um, and I also, um, you know, I also have a bit of a day job as well. So 
uh, those are some of the things that I do. <laughs> keeps, me, keeps my my lot, plate full. There's a lot of things there, and it's it is hard to people that you know you run into people. I was at a wedding recently, and same thing. You run into people, and you're like, people are like, what are you up to? And a lot of people that I found out, at least, and I'm a little older than you, but like I found out, they're like, oh. I'm an engineer. I'm like, oh. And then I'm like, I don't have an answer. They're like, what do yeah. you do? And I was like, well, I've owned a photography business for a long time, and I ski a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mostly shoot weddings. But now I've got this podcast I've been doing for two years, and that's like kind of becoming my full-time job. But like, it's podcasting, so I'm not getting rich. So I'm still doing weddings. And, and then people are like, I'm like, I just need to say I'm an engineer. <laughs> right. I need a title. But yeah. it's hard to be boiled down to a title. I feel like that just doesn't capture who you are as a person. Yeah, we won't fit in this box. And I think yeah. that's what leads us to no where boxes. we are. What not get, I don't want to get too detailed about like your personal, personal life. But what do you do yeah. for a day job? Yeah. Um, so I am a, uh, a strategy consultant, um, consult for life science and, and pharma companies. Um, my degree um, in college was in biology, so it just kind of was a natural um, kind of intersection of business and, and science. Um, so that's what I do during the daytime when I'm not doing all the other things that I like to do. Per- let's hope your boss never listens. Do you think, <laughs> I believe, again, from the little research I've done, you're almost at a tipping point of like, you might be able to be a content creator full time here. That is definitely <laughs> a goal. It's a, it's definitely a goal. That would be the dream. Um, I think it's conceptually a scary step to take um, to dive full force into that. Um, honestly, I I like doing content creation on the side. Um, I think it takes some of the pressure off. It means that I don't have to be always creating stuff. I don't have to be filming, taking photos all the time. I don't have to be um, kind of forced into working with brands just for you know the sake of money. I get to work with brands and, and create the content that I want to create, um, which is why I really you know continue to hold on to the day job and and have that bit of security. I think. So you raced in college. Yes. Did you grow up skiing? What did this? I mean, we don't have to go like. Give me the. The one minute, like, grew yeah. up going to a local hill and mm-hmm. then go from there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess starting at the beginning, I'm actually from – I'm Canadian, um, and I am from Edmonton, Alberta. And if you know anything about Edmonton, it's it's in the middle of the prairies. It's about four hours in any direction to get to any kind of mountain. Um, but I come from a family of skiers. My family um, grew up skiing. Um my dad is is a very hardcore skier, and he's kind of I think where I where I get the love for skiing from. Um, so every ma- uh, every weekend when I was a kid, we would drive to the mountains, um, that four hour track. Um, and I didn't start racing until I was about ten. Um, so I really just grew up skiing with my family, skiing with friends, um, and then started racing when I was ten. And I fell in love with it. Um, raced all the way through kind of I guess my you know teenage years. Um, I, I skied on a uh, local team. I skied for the Alberta ski team. Um, and then I was recruited to ski at Dartmouth, um, which was obviously a dream come true. Um, it was awesome. And uh, I ended up my, my racing career at Dartmouth. Um, and it was, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, I can look back and 
and really say that it was a, a good racing career. Um, didn't, you know, make the national team, didn't go to the Olympics or anything like that, but it, it was a solid foundation for, I think the skier that I am now. And it's hard, like college racing is its whole, is a whole nother world. I didn't really understand that until mm-hmm. I interviewed Jake Hopfinger, who's like an amazing free ride. Mm-hmm. He's online right now. And he was like, oh, I got, I ca- I raced in college and I DNF'd every race. And like, I just, it was, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I mean, maybe I'm putting a little more words in it. He could do it. But like, it's not, World Cup is hard. Yeah. College is just as hard with less funding. So like the courses are a little <laughs> scarier and mm-hmm. like a little more, I mean, there's probably more athletes going on the course. Right. Fewer volunteers. Yeah. It doesn't seem fun. It, it it has its ups and its downs for sure. I mean, the really interesting part is that they really take an individual sport and they make it into a team sport. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people don't don't think about, um, but it really becomes like this event where you are scoring points for your team. Um, so it, it makes it f- fun in that way. It's um, more about the group. Um, I think it really has a very team oriented feel, which is very different, I think, from what people are used to on, on you know, previous teams where you're trying to get to the national team, skiing in the World Cup, that type of thing, where it is very, very individual. Um, so that's a fun dynamic. Um, it's hard. You're balancing classes. Um, you're balancing a social life. You're doing a lot of other things too. And I think it can be hard to kind of keep your your eyes on the prize, so to speak, and really focus on skiing. Um, but on the other hand, I mean, it takes off some of the the pressure, and um, you at least have other things to kind of distract yourself with. I think you know, I took a, a PG year after I graduated from high school and just ski raced for a year. Um, and it's easy to get in your head and and. You, all you're doing is ski racing. And if it's not going well, then nothing's going well versus in college. If, if something's not going well, you at least have something else to focus on. And I think it's the point of college. Like totally. Yeah. Sports are important and racing is important. And, but like social lives are important and we all know school is important. That's like the easy one that we love to kick aside, but it, so many people I think go to school and play sports and don't, enjoy it Mm -hmm. they don't they don't enjoy playing sports and they don't enjoy their social life because they have to choose all the time and i don't know it's uh i was fortunate enough to not have enough talents to have those problems so i just went to school and then i went skiing so it was a great problem to have because i didn't ever had to choose was your goal like did you maybe this is a harsh question did you want to go pro like was world cup the goal? Yeah, it was definitely the goal. Um, I mean, being realistic about it, I was, I was close enough for it to be a possibility, but not close enough to feel absolutely shattered that it didn't happen. It's not like it was right there. Um, in hindsight, you know, there's definitely things I could have done differently, but I don't really have any regrets about, about the direction it ended up going. And, um, I had, you know, opportunities to, uh, go to a couple of, of spring camps with the Canadian ski team and and stuff like that, but it just was never quite close enough. Um, So college was definitely a great alternative. Awesome. At what point, 
because you've you've switched to mm -hmm. I don't know if you what you consider yourself, but like free ride. Mm -hmm. You're not a racer anymore, um, mm -hmm. by any means. Not Definitely. not. I don't mean that in any offense. Just like the content you create isn't you know racer based by any means. When did that? Was that a conscious decision? Was it a light switch? Like you graduate college, you're not racing anymore. Mm -hmm. Were you like, okay, I'm going to build my Instagram. I'm going to build my TikTok. I'm going to continue to be relevant, for lack of a better term, in this space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a light switch. It happened. Um, it, it, I mean, it feels like it happened gradually and then all at once. So I um, actually, my racing career ended with a torn ACL at the start of my oh. senior year. Yeah, so that was... At the time, again, like pretty devastating. Um, it was literally like the second day on snow um, of my senior year. So I, I knew I was going to be done after that year anyways. Um, but I was looking forward to just kind of like having a last year with friends, like getting to celebrate For my sure. last race, that kind of thing. And it definitely kind of like tore that away from me to some extent. Um, again, in hindsight, it's, it's like totally Right. And it but ended that's, up being great, that's but. how it always it always at the time it's the worst thing that could happen right exactly in your, in my research i saw you tore your acl but i guess i didn't mm -hmm. know the timing of it yeah. um but go on yeah so that was um at the start of my senior year so then i I've obviously didn't ski that year at all um and then after i graduated i moved to boston for this job that i you know still work um and that first year living in Boston, I, you know, I skied a couple times. I went home for Christmas, skied with my family, did a ski trip with friends, um, but honestly really took a step back from skiing. I think mentally I probably just needed a little bit of space to kind of decompress um, just from a long career, a lot of stress, um, that type of thing. Um, and it wasn't until, I guess, um, COVID <laughs> that, um, you know, I, I was able to work remotely. Um, I went home to Canada and skied a ton that season. I just was like always in the mountains, was skiing a lot um, and really fell back in love with it. I realized that like that is, you know, it's, it, it's from like before I started ski racing when I was 10, like I just had such a heartfelt joy for being in the mountains. It just was like totally where I wanted to be at all times. Um, and I really felt that come back um, kind of like during this, this period where I was working remotely um, and started making content. I posted one or two videos on um, TikTok and they actually like did decently well. Um, and some people left some nice comments. They were like, oh, I you know, really love watching you ski. I love your style, that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, that's like really nice. Maybe I'll take a few more videos and keep posting them. And honestly, it just kind of snowballed. I just kept, kept posting them. I was, you know, skiing as much as I could, um, taking videos, taking photos, posting them. And it, it kind of just continued to grow from there. See, if that was me. I would have quit my job and been like, no, I'm done. I'm going to have fun. I don't care if I make a dollar. Full transparency, Facebook slash Instagram paid me a hundred dollars this month. So like I'm there. Like ready to quit. I'm I'm good. I don't need much. And like I just post garbage on the internet. And if you want to pay me a hundred dollars for that, I am in love with it. Amazing. That. I know. 
yeah i mean it's great that they're that they're paying people who post stuff on the internet to to just post stuff and get views um it's just like i said before it's a it's a scary step to take it it's uh, yeah i'm definitely working towards it i i didn't start doing it with an eye towards making any money at all um and i definitely waited a pretty long time to start trying to monetize it in any way. Um, I, I wasn't really seeking out like brand deals in particular. I wasn't, you know, trying to, to really make money from it just because I didn't think that that was a viable option. Um, in hindsight, I probably could have started doing that a little bit earlier. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely not at the point where I feel like I could really support myself from it. So are you, we don't have to talk dollars. Please don't tell me yeah. anything about money. Um, that's my job. Um, <laughs> I assume you're monetizing it now in some way, shape or form. Is there like, let me ask you this. Is, has there been a company that's reached out that you've just been like, Absolutely not. You don't have to say the company. Maybe you can like describe the product if it exists and you yeah. can, but like we don't have to bury anybody here. So I wouldn't say that there's been any any companies where it's like absolutely not. I definitely like consider any any offers that I get. I'm still like kind of can't believe that that's even an option that people are like, hey, like we want you to post something in, in our gear or whatever. Um I do work with Rosignol, um, and that's my primary, um, I think, like, prim uh, priority as far as just, like, gear. Like, I um, love their skis. I love their apparel, um, and I'm, I'm so happy to be working with them. Um, so, you know, anything that would come in conflict with that, I, I just turn down uh, on that basis. Um, I think other things that I, I tend to turn down is um, – I mean, brands who offer to kind of gift stuff in exchange for, you know, you need to post 10 photos this month and we will give you this, um, you know, pair of socks or something like that. It's like, that's, you know, that's not really what I want to be using my platform for. That's not like, I'm not just here to get, you know, free gear wherever possible. Um, I, I want to work with like brands who are meaningful to me in some way. Um, and not just kind of, you know, accept anything that, that kind of is coming into my inbox. Yeah. It's hard. It's, it's hard. Cause people wave, they dangle free and like nothing's free. You've created a platform that took a ton of time that now has influence. And mm -hmm. like, and I say this and a lot of my listeners know, cause I preach this a lot, but like that took you, even though it kind of happened and you kind of, there's some luck involved in like, the TikToks went and totally. the Instagram's fault. Like there's luck involved that yes, someone so. in the, you know, Zucker world, Zuckerverse, like pushed your algorithm and like pushed your stuff and like it worked. Uh, people had to like it and continue to like it, but like right. they saw it. Yeah. I post something, no one even sees it. They're just like, no, we're burying that. Um, but it's, it's funny. Cause like we, not my personal, but like we at the Out of Collective, we have a mm -hmm. good engagement. We pay attention totally. and we focus and people reach out and it's like, no, 
sorry, but like we yeah. can't do that. But now what we can offer at least is like we'll review stuff. And like our right. review, like we're like, if we review it, it's not paid. And like we will tell you if this sucks. Like, sorry, but like if you still want to send it to us and we think it sucks, we're going to say it because people trust yeah. what we have to say. And like we don't tiptoe. And there's a bunch of us so we can hide under many cloaks that say this sucks but like we don't have to but it is i think it's important and it's interesting when there's one person you know behind the curtain and you're not even behind the mm -hmm. curtain it's you it's your face it's you skiing it's you know so who you align yourself with is important yeah i, I agree i think it's i think first and foremost i just really want my platform to be about skiing i just want to share the the love of skiing i want to just share you know, beautiful places, um, good skiing. And that's my primary goal. It's not really about, um, it's not about gear. It's not about money really. It's, it's just really for the fun of it. Yeah. I, I want to agree, but disagree with you. Cause that's awesome. <laughs> and it's great. But like, you have to, even if you can break even by going skiing, like you're, you're creating enough and you're selling skis. Like I hope Rozzy understands that. And we can have a whole conversation off the record about that, but like you're selling skis. Like you have a thing that you click and here's the gear I use. And mm -hmm. I want to talk about like, obviously we know you use Rozzy and they take care mm -hmm. of you and that's awesome. And I think there's a lot of people are like, Oh, she just on that because they pay her. And I'm like, she's probably not making that much money. I don't care. I don't know. But like, you have an option to align with who you want to align with. Yeah. Why Rozzy? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. Um, they are, they're a company that I've actually worked with pretty much my entire skiing career. Um, I raced on Rozzy skis um, pretty much my entire ski racing career as well. Um, I honestly like, it's funny. I, until last season was skiing on a pair of probably like 15 year old Rosie bandits. Oh, um, I saw them because I was too cheap to <laughs> shell out for a new pair of free skis. Um, I, I had to actually, I, I told myself I, I had to prove to myself that I was going to use a new pair of skis enough um, to justify buying them. Um, and then I, and then I did. And, and um, actually Rosie, said that to me, they're like, love the bandits. We got to get you some new skis. Um, so that, that ended up working out. Um, so the, it's a brand that I know it's a brand that I trust. Um, and I've used them for a long time. And, um, honestly, I, I just, I really love the skis, the skis that I'm on now, the, um, the black ops rally bird. I just like, I was pretty shocked. I mean, obviously it was a pretty big difference going from the bandits to the yeah, um, you you know, think? new skis. I think that probably was part of it, but I was just really shocked at how, like how great they were across the entire mountain. I just was really happy with the performance. So I haven't really dabbled too much on other brands, but if it's not, if it's not broken, don't fix it. <laughs> it's like a really refreshing take on the ski industry. Like I interview athletes every week. And you have built this giant following. And it sounds like you just want to have fun skiing. And if people mm -hmm. want to watch it, great. But you're definitely not a ski snob. You are literally on Bandits last year. Um, yeah, it's refreshing. It's kind of fun to just like 
I was actually talking to Adam. There's two Adams in this in this uh, group. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what Hannah and I are going to talk about because like I googled her, like ski raced a bit, like. But I like where this is going. I want to talk about. I just think it's crazy that like someone who has your platform. I think you have 60k on Instagram. Let's say that. Um, yeah. Most people would assume that you are this hardcore professional skier. You have all the greatest goods climb mountains every day i look back you went on your first ski tour ever in april yeah i did thoughts on ski touring <laughs> yeah because i think that's like the big boom in the industry it right is. now Oh, totally yeah and i mean I, I definitely will say i um really enjoyed it and one of my goals for this season and moving forward is to do much more of it um i think i never really had the opportunity to get into it just with how much like racing and other structured skiing I was doing. It was never a priority. Um, and honestly, like the barrier to entry is high. The amount of gear that you need to acquire to be able to go ski touring is pretty like it's a, it, it's substantial. Um, and it just took me a, a while to kind of get to that point where I was ready to get all the gear. Um, was ready to, to kind of like invest the time in learning how to do it. Um, I need to spend time this year really doing all of the right um, courses and making sure that I'm like doing it safely. But um, yeah, it, I mean, it was really, really fun last season and I'm planning to do more of it. Are you ever worried about being so transparent on the internet that it is like your first time doing that? Because I was shocked, like reading it, I was like, she hasn't gone touring yet? Like, not in a judgy way, just like yeah. most people in your position would pretend yeah. to know and be in the know. Yeah, for sure. I feel a lot of pressure, like self, self-imposed self pressure to portray an image where it's like, I always know what I'm doing. Um, I think that is definitely one area where I would not have been able to fake it. Like I, I very much was a first timer. Like I had to get help figuring out how to like put my boots in the bindings. Like I, you know, like everything from like putting on the skins, um, it was all very, very new and it's not something I, I could fake. Um, I, don't want to fake that kind of thing either. Like I think part of what I really like about um, posting on the internet is the feedback that I get from people saying that um, my content encourages them to get out, like ski more, try new things. Um, so I think being transparent in that, like I'm not an expert at everything. Like I'm not, you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing at all times. I think helps lower that kind of, perception that I just know what's going on and and other people couldn't also pick it, it up if they wanted to. Yeah, it's it's wholesome. I mean, in the simplest term, what do you remember or is there a comment that sticks in your head? Because I have one for me, obviously, um, that the nicest thing anyone's ever said to you, like a stranger, Mm -hmm. on the internet it could be like they saw you skiing at the resort we'll count that as an internet but they didn't know who you were necessarily mm -hmm. is there a comment that sticks out every once in a while 
actually <laughs> one of the ones that I that I this has happened maybe twice since I've kind of started trying to capture more of like my days on on the mountains and you know filming and stuff is um you know there, there'll be like a clip where I'm skiing away from the camera and in the background you can hear someone say like wow she's a really good skier and then you watch it back later and you hear that yes. in the background like that is a great feeling um on the internet I think like one of my favorite comments to get is when people just say like like you look like you'd be so fun to ski with I think that's just like a really nice thing to hear um I like to think that that I'm fun to ski with um so that's a that's a great compliment to get have you had any I don't get anybody in trouble but any like weird encounters like do people know who you are when you go to ski resorts and are you like down to ski with them or like, how does that? Cause I get that and I'm a nobody. Yeah. I'm like, sometimes I'm really down. And the other days I'm like, you know, I'm an extrovert on the internet and like, right. I'm on the microphone every week, but yeah. some days I'm just like skiing by myself and I yeah, really yeah, enjoy I just... it. Uh, do you have any like encounters that stick out? And I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I don't want to make anybody feel bad, but like, no, yeah, not at all. I mean, I think, I think um, people definitely recognize me every once in a while. I think actually it used to happen more when I was wearing my pink ski pants. I think those were very recognizable and people could like pick me out. Um, last year, I think I was changing up my outfit a little bit more frequently. So I wouldn't, I don't know, people just didn't recognize me as often. But um, I like, I love when people come up to say hi on the mountain. I think it's so fun. Um, I'm definitely down to, do a run or two with, with someone. Um, I think that's great. I think when people message me asking to like meet up and go skiing, I just think that sometimes that's tough. Um, it, it's like logistically tough to do. And it's, I, I mean, we talked about how I'm, I'm working a full-time job as well. So a lot of my days on the mountain are, are with, you know, friends um who are also out skiing and it's precious time so it's tough to make plans um in that kind of way i would love if i was just skiing every single day of the week and could just meet up with with people whenever but it's just it's, it's tough to fit it all in <laughs> yeah even i mean i ski a lot i'm very fortunate in that aspect of like not having a quote unquote nine to five but like it's hard and people are like we got to ski this year and you're like yeah oh, absolutely like I'm down and when? then I'm like but then I'm somewhere and like I don't remember who totally. reached out and when and you're just yeah. like and sometimes when you're feeling like at least when I'm feeling like I'm like I am at wherever and like please come ski with me because I'm by myself and then other days I'm like I don't want to be seen I don't want anyone to, and like not like many people know who I am but it is that's true. I mean, sometimes you're just out there to kind of be out there by yourself or maybe you're with one, one other person and it's kind of sacred time. It's just you're just out there. You want to be there with the mountain. And you don't really want to be. You don't have to be on. You want to be like, goofy. yeah, you want to be goofy with your friends. Like it's exactly. not not like this isn't me, but it's still like it's, you know, yeah. it's Mr. Adam X, the podcast host and the skier right. and the whatever the fuck I am. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not like Adam, who you grew up yeah. with, your buddy. Exactly. It's just exactly. a different, 
yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. And it's, I don't know. I've been asking a lot of guests on the show how they feel about it because I think we are in such an open world now where like everyone mm-hmm. has, they, I, they see what you show them. Yeah. And a lot of people think that maybe the personalities are showing what actually happens in their life. And I'm like, no, no, no. You're just seeing what they want you to. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That being said, I did recently move to the Tahoe area and I don't know a ton of people in the area. So on one hand, it's like, I kind of savor my time that I get to just go out skiing, but I'm also definitely looking for new friends in the area. So um, that being said, I, I don't want people to not reach out to to meet up and like- Please be friends. <laughs> Please be my friend. I love Tahoe. It is so, I was actually look again, creeping your Instagram and I'm like, oh, we were there at the same day. Like I spent, <laughs> I was probably in Tahoe for like four weeks last winter. Um, and skied everywhere, skied a lot, a lot of low tide skiing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like looking at the dates and I was like, I'm there. Like, I know I'm at that resort on that day. Yeah. Uh, we're just, oh, it's so good. We're just going to turn this whole podcast into just talking about Homewood and how it's like the greatest <laughs> ski resort on the planet. I love Homewood so much. It's so good. No, I know. Last year, last winter, I was living right down the street, like, I could put my ski boots on and just drive over and, and be on yeah, the West mountain like, immediately. And um, actually I, I was able to like with work, like go out and ski some runs at lunch and that kind of thing. So ended up getting more skiing in because of it. Um, and I am just obsessed with that mountain. It's so fun for what, for what it is. It's it, you drive past it and you kind of look up at it. You're like, Hmm, I don't know if there's much there. And then you get up there and it's just a great time. It reveals itself. No one skis it. So right. it's just like, I tell everyone who goes out there, they're like, we're going to do Palisades and we're going to, I'm like, go to Homewood. Like Homewood. you got to do Palisades. You got to do Alpine. Like those are, if you're in that area, like those are staples obviously, but I'm like a Saturday go to Homewood Sunday, go to Homewood, like Monday through Thursday. Great. Go to Palisades. There's so much history there. You got to ski it. Right. But go to Homewood, get a waffle at the bottom. Like it's like, Uh, you're not going to have a bad day at Homewood. It's impossible. Well, the lifts break. I mean, there's a lot of reasons you (laughs) can have a bad day. Have some friends get stuck on the chair, but it's the best. Like, ah, I could talk about Homewood forever. They like too. know too, like they run that high speed, whatever. And yep. then that, what's that dumb double that's off the other side? It takes like four hours know. to get up it, but yes. like they'll just not run it, but then they'll just run a shuttle at the bottom to get you back. O- like they get it. They're the best. Yeah. This is my shout out to Homewood. This is for all the lift tickets that I haven't bought every time I ski there. So here's your <laughs> shout out. Here's your free sponsorship. <laughs> we love you. Homewood. <laughs> yeah, we really do. Is there a trend that you hate in the ski industry? Hey, hate to interrupt, but it's time for the Pursuit Podcast Sports Nutrition Tip of the Week, sponsored by our friends over at Mirror Energy, the real food energy gel made for mountains that doesn't taste like ass. True or false, pre-workout is the best way to get energized before a long day on the mountain. False. Let's break down... The pieces of your typical pre-workout 
and talk about a better way to get energized before a long day in the mountain. Caffeine. Caffeine can actually be very helpful for an energy boost before training or adventures, but pre-workout typically contains way more caffeine than a cup of coffee or green tea, and it can be combined with other strange stimulants. Mere energy mates contain about 90 milligrams of caffeine from yerba mate, yerba mate, yerba mate, however you want to say it, about the same as a cup of coffee and other whole food ingredients. Zero calorie sweeteners are commonly found in pre-workout and can cause digestive stress, especially during hard efforts in the mountains. Mere energy gels are sweetened with molasses and coconut palm nectar carbs that are easily to digest and won't send you off the deep end, really. So what's the better choice before training? Food. Food gives you the energy because it contains energy, not stimulants that leave you undernourished and crashing later. Mere energy gels are made to provide quick and easy energy before a long mountain day without any weird, ingre- weird ingredients that you do not recognize. So if you're interested in getting some Mere Energy, check out Mere Energy on the internet. Use code OUTOFBOUNDS for 15% off. Tell them Blueberry Bergamot is your favorite color in the order note and we'll promise to throw in something special. Now back to your episode. That's tough. The answer could be no. It depends. I mean, it depends what you're, what you are referring to by trend. Like, I think if you think of, if you're thinking of like clothes or, or skis or whatever, like, no, I'm, I'm pretty open to anything. Um, I think a trend that I, have seen on social media, maybe because that's what I, I see a lot of. This um, yeah. I think especially like maybe more so like two years ago when I was first starting to post, but I think there was a bit of a trend of just like judgmental comments and negative <laughs> comments. And I really like, I think we are moving past that. Like I see so much less of it now. Um, but I think that was something that really became clear to me that you don't really see on a day-to-day basis when you're out skiing. Like it's not like people are like yelling negative things at you from the lift. Right. In most cases, sometimes they do. Um, but it, it was just became very clear on social media and it was a little bit disheartening, honestly, like, I wasn't expecting that necessarily. Like I know that there's always negativity on the internet, um, but you just don't think that you're going to see that from people who share such similar interests to you. Um, so that was, you know, that's a trend that I didn't like, but I do feel like we're moving past it. So that's, it's a positive. I'm shocked that you think we're moving past it. You think opposite. I think it's getting worse. Oh no. I think the internet is just getting like worse and worse. And I think people are hiding behind their screens more than ever. And I don't know. I think people just like being rude. Yeah. But I miss, I miss the honesty of the internet, but there's a difference between being honest and being rude. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think the internet got ruined because everything is great. Everything's butterflies and rainbows, which is no honesty. Right. And then people got rude. And like, I, 
we try to at the collective at least make it honest and like we get shit all the time and we don't care but like specialized put a new bike out i'm sure it's amazing i'm sure they put a billion dollars into it but we we comment we were like all right let's look at this great and then we like did some research and we're like this is a gimmick this is trash no good not for us like not rude but like honest honest 98% of the population you don't need this bike in mm-hmm. our opinion mm-hmm. whether we're right or wrong who knows but like I think what but would have been the smarter play is to be like, we love this bike. This is great. Specialized, would you like us to do a full review on this bike? And like, we're not in with Specialized, so maybe that would have been, but like, we try to stay honest. Right. Which I think keeps things less rude and keeps mm-hmm. them more wholesome and keeps them, you know, our title sponsor of my show, title sponsor of my show is Fisher Skis. Greatest skis on the planet. They're amazing. Bob, like, but if you ask me in my DMs, I will give you the right ski that fits you. Mm-hmm. And like, that is my job. Of course, a Fisher Ranger 102. Like, that's the ski. That's the ski I love. I genuinely enjoy that ski. Last year I was on Blizzards. I love the Rustler. I still love the Rustler. If someone's like, I'm thinking about the Rustler, I'm like, that's a great ski can't just say that ski sucks now like so you have to be honest honest and i think but i think people like being rude so that's my that's my hope for everybody is you can be honest without being Mm -hmm. rude totally agree but i think the internet ruined it i think we just butterflies and rainbows like everything's perfect everything's great and then and they're like people call bullshit they're like like they want to see, which is funny. They like, they actually compliment you more on like your failures. If you like post, like, I don't know, I'll post like my van is stuck and my chains are broke and people are like, then I'm like, come on, like, don't be like, can't you just be excited that I like post a nice photo of it? And they're like, no, it's. Yeah. That's the interesting thing to me about like, especially the trend towards like short form video content, whether it's like TikTok or reels, it's just the, the format really and the algorithm frankly really favors like the 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 shock value um if you can shock people or if you can show them something that they'll you know like no one wants to look away from from a train wreck um right that's you know what ends up doing doing well sometimes so that I think the algorithm just hates me. I'm convinced on this. I'm still convinced I make the greatest like, content on the internet. I'll argue anybody to that till death. Um, all my videos are amazing and no one cares. No, don't get views. But I think if Mark Zuckerberg just pushed them a little bit, people would care. I have so many elements of surprise. I don't know if you crap my thing. They're all bad. Very proud of that. I did. I did. No, they're they're great. They're bad, but there's surprises in there. Like I made coffee today with beans, and no one cared. Like <laughs> no one cared. Like I put so not so much effort in that. But I'm just trying to make the internet what I think the internet should be, which is just rubbish. Um, all while spreading a decent message and having fun. But I do That's think important. of that often. Of I have like these. A-list athletes on this platform. Everyone from like you to Emily Harrington to Conrad Anchor 
And I'm like, yeah. if these fucking people look at my Instagram, they're going to be like, what am I getting into? <laughs> so, No, that's not the reaction I had. Uh, you're like, this is the guy I want to talk to today. Oh, my God. Uh, is there a trend that you love in the industry? What trend do I love in the industry? I am really loving, again, this is on the theme of social media, but I'm loving the trend towards um, – just more female representation in the ski industry. Um, I think that, um, again, I think short form video content is really great for people being able to just put themselves out there. And I think that has just really continued to trend upwards. I think like the amount of amazing female skiers that I see on TikTok on a daily basis always shocks me. And it's always someone new just kind of coming out of the woodwork and just posting, you know, a clip that they took last season. And I think it's, it's so cool to see. Um, and I think it's exactly what we need. So I think that's, that's probably my favorite, my favorite thing going on right now. And obviously so many women in more professional, um, you know, ski films and that type of thing too, this year, I think is really, um, predominant, which is again, very cool to see. Yeah, I feel like this has been the year of yeah. any years. Like, obviously, it should get better every year, um, female representation. But, like, this year seems, and maybe it's just more on my radar. I don't know. But, like, between, like, Nexus and Approach, and I think Michelle Parker's in, like, five uh, films this year. Yeah. And, like, I think it's Nexus who has the... I think their slogan is like, you can't be the only one or something. Cause that, mm -hmm. and I don't, that's not the right wording, but it was basically like, there's always like, oh yeah, we'll throw one female part yes. in. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's one, there's only one and it's for one person to get. And that's that. Yeah. And that's that. And then it makes this like odd competition between females and we should really be like promoting each other which right. seems simple but when there is only one slot and you're trying to eat like that's the slot you want um it seems so simple like females are the most marketable human beings alive like why wouldn't we use them as mark we use them for marketing tools in everything yeah. everything like men's deodorant females <laughs> yes. yep it right like am i wrong in that no you're not you are definitely not wrong it's it's very backwards you would think you would think that they'd want female skiers all over the place i think it's changing and like who am i i don't know but like it's i just hope it's changing for the right reasons and not some old shitty white dude being like, we've got to sponsor three females this year because if we don't, we'll get canceled. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like you should support three females because they're really fucking good at what they do. And they have just as much reach, if not more reach than the three males that you support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I do think, I mean, from what I see again on, on social media, um, it, it is such a, good tool to become your own marketer. Um, so you're not reliant on somebody else pushing your image and using your content and using your image to promote something else. Like you are, you're doing it for yourself. Um, and you know, if you, if, if you kind of work hard at it, it, it can really pay off. Um, and then it's, it's kind of your thing and it's not something that somebody else owns or kind of has over you.
And it also just gives you leverage, like from negotiating terms. Like if you have, if you've built an audience already and they're like, well, who's going to care? And you're like, well, these people do care. Yeah. These, yeah. this 60,000, they care. Like they follow right. me. They chose to, right. uh, do you have any interest in filming being in, it seems like you just film for yourself, which I think is important, but like, if given the opportunity, would you be in a ski film? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I have that opportunity. That is... I'm not giving that to you. I'm just saying yeah. it out loud. I'm just putting it out <laughs> there. Me. No, I know. No, I. It is. Um, I, it's. It's definitely a goal of mine. Um, again, it's not something that like I feel like I need to accomplish to feel like I am or can consider myself a skier. Like I, I'm not benchmarking myself to that in particular. Um, but it would be, I mean, it'd be a dream come true, obviously. Um, it'd be a very cool opportunity. Do you consider yourself a professional skier? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, it's funny. I mean, when I gave my intro, it's it's one thing on a long list of, of things that I do. Um, but I think I said, like, first and foremost, I do consider myself a skier. I don't really put the term professional skier in front of that. Um how, how does what how do you know if you're a professional skier and what what is a professional skier so I don't know I'm just it's the thing that I prioritize the most in my life um I make a very small amount of money doing it so I think by those terms I'm I'm happy with where I'm I'm at it's it's hard to define like I know it's a lot of professional skiers that make a livable wage off of skiing and still work full-time jobs because right. I mean, what's a livable wage at this point, but you know what I mean? Like there, it it's is a, it is a really interesting term to discuss, yeah. but I like, yeah. I like asking people who fall under your category because it mm -hmm. is, it's an interesting thing and it's interesting how people view themselves. I interviewed, Jonathan Buckhouse. He is a YouTuber, mm -hmm. full-time job. It's what he does. He makes good money, a very, very livable wage. People bust their ass to make what he's making on YouTube. That being said, he busts his ass. But he calls himself a pro snowboarder. Mm -hmm. And people lose it because he's not winning medals he's not winning competition he's a good snowboarder but right. like the elite level of snowboarding is elite like that is not john and he will say this too and i've talked to him and but he called he makes his living off of snowboarding and without snowboarding he wouldn't have that youtube channel and like he's like yeah. i've tried mountain biking and no one gives a shit about my content so like does that make you or him a professional snowboarder? Right. By that standard, I mean, sounds like it to me. It just, I think it feels, I mean, from my perspective, it feels wrong to give myself that term. Like it feels like it's something else. And this, and now that I'm saying it out loud, feels dumb, but I don't think it's it dumb. feels like 
it, it feels like a, a, a title or a term that somebody else needs to give me. And I don't know who that person would be um, or like this, you know, ambiguous they. Um, but it's like, it just, it's, it's a tough thing to, to kind of determine for yourself and kind of draw a line in the sand and say, okay, now I'm a professional skier. Um, so yeah. It's, you know, I'm a skier. Uh, I'm a skier. I like it. I'm, and I love the term skier too, because I could ask, and I'm sure you could, one of your high school friends who skis twice a year, right? if they're a skier, and they would say yes. Yeah. So that's like a whole nother, like, how do you define a skier? Like, I ski right. 100 plus days a year. Like, I think I am a skier. Right. My buddies ski one trip out west a year. And if you ask them at a bar if they're skiers, they are skiers. Yeah. And it's like this very, but if you ask me if I played, if I played basketball once a year, I am not a basketball player. No, <laughs> absolutely not. If you ride yeah, your bike it. one day a year, you are not a cyclist. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think that there's something very special about skiing that kind of lights a bit of a fire in your soul or whatever um, that people feel very drawn to. And I think people feel a connection with, and even if they do only ski, once or twice or five times a year. Um, I think a lot of people feel that close connection to the sport. And I think that's why people feel compelled to call themselves a, a skier. Um, I think there are other people who, you know, you, you always talk to, to every once in a while, somebody who has tried skiing once and they, you know, really didn't like it. And, you know, that person's not going to call themselves a skier. Um, I think that's I think that's something that's cool about the sport is that so many people feel such a strong connection to it in different ways. Um, so I support it. Yeah, I I'm neither here nor there on it. I just like I really enjoy it. I, it ruined my life in every way possible <laughs> um, in every great way. But like I played basketball, could have played basketball in college. And like I put skis on at like 17 and was like. This is it. This is and it. Like, yeah. That was it. That changed my whole trajectory. And like, yeah. I always laugh because the buddy that introduced me it to me is a lawyer, and like he went left and I went right. Like, whoosh, like he was the punk skier, snowboarder, and I was like the basketball jock. And then he was like, "You should try this." He's like the the pusher. He's like the druggie. He's like, yeah. "You should try this." And I was like, "Yeah!" And then. Boom, done. And now he's a lawyer, married with three kids. I'm like, what happened? How did this happen? No, I love them and their family and everything. But it, it is funny how, like, I put skis on and I was like, this is it. I wasn't that good at basketball. I could play it. I would have played D3, let's be honest. But it changed my whole life. And I couldn't imagine, like, not doing it. And now I go through this thing, like ski seasons are on the corner and I'm like, I hope I like this every year. This is how I feel like, what if I don't like this sport anymore? What do I do? Do you ever have that fear? Am I the only person on the planet no, who has this fear? I, I get that. I, I don't know if I can definitely relate. I think for me, I get so excited for ski season, but I think I sometimes feel a little bit of apprehension 
at the possibility that it might not live up to the yeah. excitement I feel. Um, like, you know, maybe what if it just doesn't, I'm not even going to say it. I was going to say something weather related, but I'm not going to even put that out there. Um, <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I don't know. What if, you know, I have this trip planned and it's not as fun as I hope it's going to be. Um, there's always that risk, but I mean, it's never, it's never turned out that way so far. So fingers crossed. Yeah. I'm always nervous, but I'm yeah. always like first chair, whoever I'm with, I'm like, I hope I like this. And they're all like, yeah. what? And I'm like, we just thought about it all summer. And you're like, this is it. And then like, yeah. what if you go down and you're like, what if it's not as good as I remember it? Yeah. It's not that cool. Yeah. Like this was a better memory. This is my fear. I live in this fear. I, it's, it's valid. I think it's valid. And then I'm like, oh, I love this. It's going to continue to ruin my life. So that's cool. Right. I'm pretty amped on that. We're continuing down this path. Yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, I I can't stop now. Like, I don't know what I'm gonna be like an accountant. And I just go to school for like accounting or like. Pfft, that's a whole nother podcast. I couldn't yeah, do it. That's that's a a topic for future years from now. Yeah, I'm just like uh, now what? <laughs> I think I'm gonna be a <laughs> skater. I think that's my only option. I think that's where I'm at. It's like people who have been like corrections officers. No one wants to be a corrections officers, but they're like. Right. 15 more years to go. And I'm like, 15 years is a long time. You've only been in for four. Like, that's, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about jobs and working. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do them. back to this. Uh, and, yeah. I mean, it's nice to have stability, but there's nothing quite like skiing. Yeah, I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing, I think. I don't think I have I a choice, but I think this is what I have to do. Yeah. Where do you see Hannah in five years, 10 years? What does this look like? That's a, that's a great question. I mean, the dream is to be skiing all the time. Honestly, I really, when people ask me that question, that's really all I see myself doing in the future. Like if I could have, you know, my ideal future in five to 10 years, um, I would just be skiing. I, I think that's why I want to work hard now. Um, so that that's what it, it can look like for me in the future, hopefully. Take me through your, you can choose platforms, TikTok, and maybe they're the same Instagram process. Yeah. Um, they actually are quite different. I find I find TikTok actually harder. Thank um, God. To do Thank well God. On. I can't get yeah. any. I get zero views on things. It's zero. it's hard. It it's <laughs> TikTok stresses me out more than Instagram. I find Instagram honestly like you know I I like having great beautiful great skiing whatever content to post. Um, but I do find if I have something that's a little bit more mediocre, I can I can post it and it kind of just goes out there and it'll it'll do fine. Um, TikTok, if it's if it's not great, it flops. Honestly, it, it I think it takes more to I don't know what it is. If it's like a younger generation on TikTok or what? You're that just young. Higher you are the younger generation. No, there's there's. I'm almost I mean, forty. <laughs> like I am like the old guy on TikTok, like. What is happening over here? I feel like the predominant age on TikTok is like half my age. 
Um, and they are ruthless. They, they will scroll past your video, like no tomorrow. If it's not, if it doesn't catch them within the first like 10th of a second. Um, so yeah, for TikTok, it's like, I, I have to have like a good, either like the best video I've ever filmed or some kind of like, you know, text to put on the screen or something. And like the perfect combination of, of a trending song and all the pieces have to come together for it to, to do well. Um, so I, I actually, um, two years ago was much more consistent with posting on TikTok. I would post something every day and, um, I was really into it. I, I have started to just feel so much pressure where it's hard to send something out there if it's, if I know it's not going to do well um, on TikTok. So yeah, I've been a much, much more selective with what I post on TikTok lately. Instagram, um, honestly, I it, it, the process is, tends to be pretty straightforward. Like either it's just a clip that can stand on its own or sometimes I'll, I like to make just like little edits of like the ski day or whatever, toss some catchy music on there and, and a caption to kind of like sum, sum up the day. Um, and that's that. <laughs> oh, I'm never going to make it on TikTok. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I mean, if I if I could tell you the perfect formula, I would. I think what I just said about like something, I think really really catchy within the first like tenth of a second. That's that's your golden ticket. I think it's consistency too. Like you just have to continue to feed the machine, and I just I just can't. Yeah. I don't. I don't care yeah. enough. Yeah, that part's hard. Um, I, I find it to be very true consistency. When people ask me like how to be successful, actually for me specifically on Instagram to be successful and to kind of reach a broader audience and gain followers, um, I think it's really crucial to be like super consistent, like posting something every day. Um, it seems like the algorithm really likes that, um, but it's hard. It's hard to be that consistent with it. It can be draining. It can feel like you're kind of just posting stuff for the sake of it. You're not putting like your best out there at all times, but it seems to be what works. So I don't know. Sometimes you just got to play the game. Do you think it's ruined good content? Yes and no. Um, I think it has, I think there's, there have been some negative impacts. Like for example, I think it's a shame that beautiful photos, for example, don't do as well as they used to. Um, I think the, and I, I you, you see a lot of like junk kind of throwaway videos as well. I also, I'm guilty of this, but I don't like this. Um, you see, you know, one video on TikTok, and then two days later, you say see the same video again on Instagram. That is just like, obviously, it, it works, um, but that's not really what like good content is to me. Um, I'm definitely guilty of reposting, but it just uh, it's not inspiring <laughs> to any degree. I think the thing, the the positive thing that comes out of like short form video content. I think I kind of alluded to this earlier, but. Um, when when somebody posts good content, if it truly is good content, 
most of the time, I think it it will get picked up. And I think it's it's cool to see people rising up who previously wouldn't. Like, I think there was an age on Instagram where it's like, if you had started Instagram early and now you have a big following, like those are the people who have big followings. And I think now um, the way the platforms work um, is that people's content actually gets shown to a broader audience um, and allows people to to kind of grow from the ground up, which I don't think was as easy to do previously. So I think that part can be good. I like that. I like that answer. And I, I, I guess I agree and I disagree. I do agree with like good content gets pushed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can be X brand with half a million followers and get 30 likes because you're putting out shit and no one cares. Mm-hmm. I will say, let me think of how I want to say this. Um, trying to think of the best way to say it and I can't. Um, sorry, this is going to be a lull here. It's my longest lull in my podcast ever. <laughs> no worries. I don't know. I, the, the photo thing is frustrating. Again, mm-hmm. I have owned a photography business for almost 15 years like that. Yeah. That crushed us. Um, I had a business partner for a long time, and we shot weddings, and we did fine, and we split because we were bored, um, yeah. not because. But like Instagram was a huge tool, and it it crushed it. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, what I wanted to say, this side note, the problem with Instagram and good content that gets pushed, in my opinion, there's a lot of posers out there. I can make a video that makes me look really good at something, mm-hmm. even though I'm not. Right. And then you get brands that jump on mm-hmm. and they're giving money to this person who is a great content creator, but maybe mm-hmm. not a great skier. We'll talk about skiing because mm-hmm. we're in the ski world. Yeah. And that sucks. Um, mm-hmm. And you see it. Or maybe you'll start to see it now that, like, I think that happened a lot during COVID because mm-hmm. everyone was hiding. But now these, like, I'm bringing back the word poser, but all these posers are, like, going to have to show up at events. And they're going to be like, oh, this guy or girl can't hang mm-hmm. or isn't who they said they were. So I don't know. I It's cool that you can, yeah. like, be who you want on the Internet, but it's also, like, there's a lot of talented people who make money doing this and you're pulling from their pockets. Yeah. So that is, I don't know. It's my, I don't know if it's a hot take, but it's like, I it, it bothers yeah. me a little bit. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's valid. I think um, my, I agree with that. The, the like one nuance I would put on that. I'm curious your take on this. Um, I think something that is cool about social media is that you don't necessarily need to be um, like, you don't need to be Michelle Parker, for example, like you don't need to be the best in the world to post content and be, um, I don't want to say like discovered, but like for people to like get behind you in some way. Um, I think the thing that I hope is true is that people who do get picked up, like even if you're not the best, you know, professional 
whatever, like, you know, filming professional ski movies. Um, I like to think that eventually people who have something positive to give to this, to the industry are the ones that rise to the top, I guess. That's to say, like, I don't know. It's hard to put words to it. It's like, I don't think that people need to be the most talented skier. Um, but if somebody has like a great message um, and is contributing something positive versus I think what you're saying is the people who are just kind of putting on an act for the followers and the views. Um, yeah, yeah I, I agree with what you say wholeheartedly. Um, you don't have to be Michelle Parker. Yeah. Um, there can only be one. Um, <laughs> yes, absolutely. But I think... And maybe I think I've seen it and I think mm -hmm. I've talked to those people and I, and I would never say anyone's name or like, maybe I'm completely full of shit could be true, but I'm just like, I think that person is doing it because they saw an opportunity and they mm -hmm. capitalized on it. And I think mm -hmm. it's a very small group, mm -hmm. but it exists and it exists anywhere. I, who am I? Um, but it's just like, Stay out of my industry. Stay out of yeah. our little like outdoor space. Yeah. Um, but I don't yeah, know. I think, it's. Yeah. I think regardless of, of what industry you're in, there are going to be people who are in it for the money and see it as a business opportunity. And that's kind of what it is for them. And I think I agree that that's not um, that's not really what we. No, need. we just hope the good ones rise to the top. Yeah, exactly. That's the goal. Yeah. Um, Hannah, where can people follow you? What do you have next besides your nine to five? <laughs> uh, we know you're going to be in Tahoe this year. So if yeah. anyone's listening is in Tahoe and wants to make some friends, don't be weird. Don't be creepy people. Just be humans. Don't slide into DMs like a creep. Yep. What do you have going on next? <laughs> um, great question. So I... Um, I'm actually heading back up to Canada for the early season. Um, I think that like the skiing in the Banff area in November, December is like as good as it gets. Um, so I'm really excited to go ski with some family, um, get some hopefully early season powder um, and kind of be home around the holidays. Um, so that's what's coming up immediately for me. Um, I'm uh, actually, we didn't talk about this, but I'm, I've started dabbling in free free ride world qualifier um, free ride events. Nice. Um, so I'm planning to do a bit more of that this season. I I started uh, last season and really had a great time. Um, met a lot of really cool people, um, and just thought it was a really fun kind of format and way to be in kind of competitive skiing um, in a way that is different from, you know ski racing, obviously very different. Um, so I'm planning to, to kind of follow the tour a little bit more this season, um, and just ski as much as I can. I love it. Um, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for your time. Thank you for setting it up and making it happen. So of course. Thank, you. thank you so much for having me on. It's been, it's been really fun to talk to you.